0: Brexit Britain and a whole new experience of the Dungeon Master's Diary.
1: Things he won't share with us, the darkness in his brain. The Dungeon Master's plan, the pleasure and the pain. What's better left unknown? I hear him say out loud. Only the free shot comes. Open to page one.
0: My name is Che Webster. And this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Masters Diary.
1: Hey, Jay. uh, Just listening to what I think is the latest Dungeon Master's Diary. And I am so happy to hear you in a chipper mood. You know, I think that... And and the way you're describing it, I like to use nature metaphors a lot of the times. And, you know, it's, it's like as though the thunderstorms of life have moved through and cleansed all of the negativity, right? It's put positive ions into the air. At least that's what I was always told. You would have to double check that with perhaps a science teacher, uh, and I'm sure you have access to somebody of that nature somewhere. If not, Google is your friend.
2: (laughs) Shay, Andy Goodman here. Um, You can either put this on or not put it on. Um, I really wanted to, and maybe we can talk about this when we do our joint episode, but I really wanted to understand um, at the beginning of your latest episode, you talked about how you really Kind of had it with running written modules, and that you really kind of hated it, or didn't want to do it, or you had a really bad experience, but then you didn't really explain why. And I think I can guess, but I'd really like to hear it from you and 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 have you confirm. My suspicion is that um, you were caught between not prepping enough and. And, and having to then figure out what the hell was going at the table and flipping through the pages and that. Yeah, that typical kind of panicky situation where you're thinking, what the hell happens next? I have no idea. I didn't write this. I don't know what's happening. It's not an emergent story. I need to follow the um, the, the narrative as it's written down, but I can't figure out what where it's going and what and what's happening next. And I've been there. <laughs> I think everyone's been there who's ever run a written module, which is probably why I did my 200 hours of prep for Masters of Nile Arquette because I didn't want to be in that situation. I wanted um, it to be as if I had written it myself where I knew not just what was written on the page, but every kind of extrapolation from that all the kind of backstory and subtext and all the improvisation moments that could come out of it. But that's a shit tonne of work.
0: Yep, that'll be about it, Andy. <laughs> okay, uh, first of all, thanks to Frank Turf for calling in. Awesome, really, yeah, positivity. I don't know, I just had a really crap week, as you're going to hear in a minute. But, um, yeah, I do feel more chipper, and thanks for that. And, Andy, um, okay, so if you want the real skinny on that particular little clip, um I've been running a Traveller game, as you probably wear online, and I recorded a whole load of pre- and post-game extra DMD stuff, which is just too much to put in an episode. So I've thrown it all together, and patrons have got access to that on the Patreon right now. And it'll also go on my blog, roleplayrescue.com. And if you want to hear the detail, you can go there and listen to that. But actually, you know what? Um, You kind of summed it up quite well. I think for me, every single time I try and run someone else's module, I don't prep it enough. And the amount of prep required is so much that it just seems like uh, insurmountable, you know. Now, part of this is probably because of the games that I'm running as well. So I've got a load of stuff, high cognitive load going on. And, yeah, I just don't know quite what to do with them. So a lot of the time I just don't run them. I buy them a lot but I don't run them Um, and I've come to the conclusion really that I need to mine them probably because I don't think I have the time to do the 200 hours thing (laughs) but anyway yeah maybe we should talk about this more when we get online together and um you know there's a spoiler for a future episode eh but thanks Andy for calling in I really appreciate it game on Sunday afternoon, and uh, yeah, feeling somewhat better. I spent some time this afternoon reading the GURPS Fantasy, the fourth edition GURPS Fantasy um, supplement book by William H. Stoddard, and uh, it's been really pleasant actually. This is a book that I'm fairly sure I have delved into before, um, read lots of, but um, there was some stuff in here I really really found useful, actually, and I'm pretty sure I have read before, um, but kind of coming back to it, and um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about um, low fantasy, um, kind of broadly as a genre, and there's some really useful words here that um, that I just yeah, enjoyed reading, I think. Low fantasy is closer to realistic fiction than to myth. Low fantasy stories focus on people's daily lives and the practical goals. Magic provides a way to achieve these goals and makes it interesting. A low fantasy campaign asks, what is it like to live in a world of monsters and magic and demigods? Most low fantasy magic is evenly distributed in the world, not sharply focused in certain places. Its effects are predictable and knowable. Low fantasy magic is a source of one is less a source of wonder than a toolkit. Characters in low fantasy are more concerned with practical goals, less with great passions. A high fantasy traitor might be motivated by passionate jealousy, tempted by the devil, or perversely sympathetic to the other side. A low fantasy traitor wants 30 pieces of silver. Merchants and criminals are minor figures, or entirely absent in most high fantasy. In low fantasy. They are not only prevalent, they may be the heroes. I like that, I... I was reminded of what draws me to Glorantha in that magic is a, you know, an everyday thing. And, and what I originally got from RuneQuest when I started role-playing all those years ago was that very low-powered, mundane, everyday kind of magic. You know, sharp so, um, sharpening your blade or your arrow um, with a t- touch of magic, you know, um just the little bits of healing and little touches of, of magic that I kind of really I just really like. And it's something that's always drawn me to GURPS magic itself. Um the sort of system that they have as a default I quite like because it's it's again it's like that. It's quite down and, and with it. Um but going through this was great because it's it's sort of a look at genre. Um and as kind of an idea and then sort of settings, different types of fantasy world um, including fantasy in the real world you know, all the different options uh, that have kind of come out in literature and and gaming and then on into scope um, and this is interesting because it kind of touches on a lot of stuff that's really close to my heart, the idea of point campaigns and area campaigns and arc campaigns and base and mission campaigns kind of all laid out there and I like it. It's, it was an interesting read. I'm now onto the supernatural, starting to think about what magic is, and um, yeah, I realised that I really do want um, to explore mad fantasy away from the Dungeons and Dragons kind of go down the dungeon, get the treasure um, sort of approach. That um, perhaps I'm looking for something a little more grounded. Um, and so I'm just gonna just keep reading and, and allowing that to mull round. Um, yeah, it's all good stuff, right? It's been a pretty awful week, I've got to be honest. Uh, I've been off sick from work um, pretty much all week with a sort of flu thing, which has now developed wonderfully into a diarrhea thing. And so I'm bed bound and, um, fairly rough, um, uh, probably today the most cogent and together I've been, yeah, all week really. Um, I have my moments during the week. One of the upsides I suppose of being off ill is, you know, when I am lucid and awake I'm, I'm able to read and write, which is kind of nice. Um, and so I did a bit of that, I've been blogging again actually, um, And thinking a lot about gaming, because there's not much else to do when you're sitting around feeling ill, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, I feel quite bad because this Dungeon Master's Diary is really quite empty. Um, There hasn't been a lot going on. You know, I I wasn't around on Tuesday. Um, Essentially, I feel like it's best for us to cancel Friday. Um, And... Yeah, not great. So, hoping that over the weekend, I'll just recover and get over this damn thing and then sort of get back to normal. Hmm, oh well, that's the way it is, I guess. I know that I've said this before, but I also just wanted to make note of this. Um, one of the things that's happened when you're off ill, is think a lot. And I just realized that I spend way too much cash on my hobby for not much gain. And I've just had to tighten the belt. I've um Yeah, I just took the decision I've cancelled some Kickstarters, which, you know, I promised myself I wasn't gonna to pledge to anymore, um, for a while. And, you know, I've just kind of honored that a bit. I've also um yeah, I've gotta stop buying books. I know I've said it before, but I uh I don't need any. <laughs> Um, and there are plenty of things that I may I want. I, what I'm going to do to help with that is I'm going to start sticking... Well, I have already actually started this, but I'm going to start sticking things on a on a wish list, you know, like my Amazon wish list or whatever. Just pile stuff on there. And then when it comes to my birthday and Christmas and stuff like that, people can buy me uh, a game book or whatever if they want. I think that's where I need to go. And occasionally, I guess, you know, you, you're going to want to treat yourself. But what I really want to do, and this is the thing that really struck me over the last few days... Is what I really want to do is focus on my actual hobby, um, you know, with the actual stuff I'm creating. And I, I, I spend not enough time creating um, the things that I want to create, you know, putting time into developing the Dungeon of Thal, or working on like this idea and experiment I have around um, kind of stripping down game rules, or, you know, writing that guide that I keep talking about doing on how to GM my way. Um, putting out podcast episodes, writing more on my blog, uh, all these things that actually are about giving back to this fantastic hobby that I have spent my entire life, you know, hugely involved with. And I kind of feel like I have invested more than enough money in this hobby over the years. And it's now time to do something with all of that, you know, turn that around Um, I just want to share more um, ideas and I want to explore things and I want to try stuff and yeah I kind of want others to be able to learn from the experiences and the experiments and the trials and the tribulations that I have and I guess that's why I keep recording this DM diary stuff you know because people keep telling me that it's helpful to them and so I hope this is helpful to you and as i kind of round off this week and it'll be a very weak episode i suspect but if i round off this week um and i feel you know like I'm on the back on the way up um that's where i'm coming from that's my intent you know i get out of bed every day i'm trying to create a community in which people can discover uh and when it comes to the hobby that's what i'm about discovering you know how to do this game thing in a better way is um, not the right word a way that fits people better you know that actually uh, expresses their what engages them in the hobby and allows them to have fun you know I'm not f- keen on the word fun but you know what I mean have a good time in fantasy worlds that are so rich you know um, yeah that's what I'm about that's what I want to do and I just needed to say it, I guess. A really weird thing happened um, yesterday. It was just the evening, really. Um, Chuck Thorin actually put up a video about Swords and Wizardry. Um, Kind of in response, I think, to the current Kickstarter for the box set. And he dug out his copy of um, the complete rulebook. You know, that lovely blue cover. Aerolitis, is it? Um, And... I watched the video, it was about 11 minutes of him chattering on about it, which was kind of positive. And it just struck me that um, I've never really played this game. I've never really gone there, you know. I've kind of stuck around with my, uh, I don't know, my 1980s taste really, rather than my 1970s. I mean, I started D&D with Beck me, I think, I think. Kind of a blend, actually, of that and BX, because we had bits. I mean, I had the expert set from BX and the basic set from Beckme, which is a weird thing. And we kind of quickly got into, you know, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. That's 1979, isn't it, I think. Um, Swords and Wizardry is supposed to take the classic game right away up to just the dawn of advanced dungeons and dragons and sort of re or clone it and repackage it and i've heard it said i think it's the alexandrian he said you know it's less of a clone than many people realize there's a lot more kind of interpretation if you like yeah that's fair enough for a long while now i've been wanting to sort of go back to that really original DD route and kind of you know is it nostalgic no actually it's a curiosity about an entirely different kind of realm of gaming i suppose like before it got complicated or before it got kind of taken up by others i suppose but the thing is in the 1980s i mean we quickly gravitated towards you know, different games, more complex games, I guess. You know, Role Master, Middle-Earth role-playing. That was probably the first big step. Palladium role-playing was another one. Um, just two straight away, you know, that I can think of that kind of moved us in a different trajectory. And we played an awful lot of Role Master, you know, before 89 when I left and went to uni. And, you know, then the whole kind of, you know, uh, White Wolf story teller thing happened, and, um, I think a lot of this got forgotten, sort of original game for me, just got forgotten about for a long, long while, you know, I didn't come back to gaming then until I, what was it, 98, so about nine years or so of drifting around, you know, and then I came back to the hobby, and actually, interestingly, played second edition D&D with Ian for a little while before diving into Alternity, and then, you know, moving on from there. And the truth is that I never really got back. So I came back to the OSR stuff. And I'm talking about when, you know, the OSR was a new thing, when Osric had just been published. And Swords and Wizardry came along um, as I came back to this fantasy gaming lark. And it really appealed to me this idea of going back to simpler times, but the truth is, I've never really done it. I've played a one-off game here and there, I think, but I'm not sure I've ever really played Souls and Wizardry. The thing is, I'm not sure I've, never, I've never even read this, and I kind of wonder: is it time? You know, in the past, what's happened is I, I'm just flipping through it now and. Last night I did this as well. I read the opening bit, the forward introduction, which is quite exciting. And then this cranial character, page seven, is a, um, starts going through the attributes. And this is where I normally get hung up, because I get the six standard attributes. And I look at the bonuses, and I look at, like, there's very little. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I kind of get to the classes, and I think I thumbed through them. And, you know, then that's when all these doubts arise, all these things bubble up. Oh, God, only one spell for a magic user and, you know, no spells for a cleric at level one. Um, and, you know, I don't know, all sorts of th- thoughts, really. Um, and there's a real fear underneath it, I think. There's this fear, I basically, at um, what I do. I, I actually don't know if I know how to play this but here's the thing that really hit me is that, you know, the best I'm thinking about recently I tried BX I tried taking old school essentials or well, what was at the kind BX essentials to school and that was when I had 12 people around a gaming table for a few weeks and as soon as I stopped playing that I'm doubting know, only four or five players around at the table I mean, admittedly committed players, but, you know, when I played the original D&D, we had a lot of fun with it, even though they died constantly. <laughs> um, that was the last time I really experimented back into simplicity, and yet, and it was hugely popular, you know. So I don't know what to do, and I'm kind of hoping for some advice, and maybe if you're listening to this and, and you can help me make this transition, what do I need to do, because... I honestly don't quite know where to start. And I think I have to get out of this comfort zone of leaning on complexity. I think I have to go there. I have to kind of strip it back and see what it's like. And I don't know if I'll stay there, but I feel like this is something I have to do. And, I don't know. Can you help me with that?